You didn't. You didn't chime in, Noel. You were gonna chime in, and then you just. I was looking up the lyrics to "Old Town Road" because I I've never heard this song before, and everyone's talking about it. Old Town Road. So we, so the call and response. I was gonna say, I'm gonna take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride it till I can't no mo, oh. and then just kind of keep reading until you tell me to stop. Stop. I'm your host Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. God. <laughs> Feel it <laughs> um, in and, your loins. Oh, um, made it also weird. Also, no. Hey, hey. So we are here to discuss this week's comic books. But before we get to that, we are uh, usually do an email in this section. We don't have any emails. Not no, well, a one. No one cares. No one loves us. No one cares. Christopher oh. Goodnight stopped emailing us. You know what? You, you know who I miss. Emiliano Filiberti. Filiberti. Where is hey. he? Emiliano, where are you at? Yeah. I do want to <laughs> uh, give a shout out to Eric. Eric and his family came and they are long. Well, I don't know if they. He is, uh, I believe it was he and his, him and his son, are longtime listeners. They, they were asking about Matt Adler. That's how long they've been around. Jeepers. And um, honestly, they didn't ask about literally anyone else. Only Matt Adler. So obviously, they, douche meant nothing to them. Well, they, they also stopped listening, right? No, they still listen. Oh. They still listen. Um, so anyway, uh, he and his son, they used to actually made us a couple of intros for back when we were called Pop-Tards. Uh, and then, um, I, I don't think we've really heard from them in a while, but they still listen. They uh, should make a new intro for us. I, I asked. I have thrown oh, out good. that okay. request time and time again for this, ever since we changed it to Cult Pop, because we can't use Pop-Tards anymore, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't make any yeah. sense. So I was hoping someone would like fill that gap, but it, our gap remains wide open. Agape? Yeah. <laughs> we got a real agape gap. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, very sweet family. They came in, they chatted with us for a little bit. Um, they, uh, my, my comic book store, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street in Maniunk, uh, Pennsylvania. But anyway, I just really wanted to thank him for swinging by. Anytime anyone does that, it just tickles me and shocks me. It still shocks me when someone comes <laughs> in and they're like, hey, I you're, know you. You're real people. You're not just data. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much, Eric and fam. Um, and we don't have any emails, as I said, but Mark underscore L underscore Miller has some to, to contribute from last week. You I, I, made some is notes. It constructive criticism about the books or Our your performance? Uh, yeah. How we did. I wanted to answer Pink's question because I thought it was a really good question oh, from yeah. last week. Oh, that's right. Shit, we got to do it again, too. Yeah, I was going to say we'll do DC this week. Oh, yeah. okay, uh, but this was from Marvel's run. And uh, what this week or last week, I, I wanted to point out Anne Nascenti's uh, Daredevil run. Um, she did a lot of really nice. good stories and they were really kind of like um, they were emotional, but they were like they and but they still had the kind of angsty kind of way that that Frank Miller. She was the one that followed up right after Frank Miller. So oh, it was really? kind of a unforgiving run for her. Um, you know, it, it, 
it, it would basically set up any it, – it'd be like the guy that follows – like Robert, how Robert Venditti followed Jeff or Jeff Johns on yeah, Green, Lantern. Green Lantern. It's one of those classic runs that um, it, it's almost destined to fail. Um, but it didn't. Robert Venditti had a good long run on his, on his title. And then uh, – and Noshenti actually did a great, great job. Uh, with Daredevil. Um, uh, in fact, one of my favorite stories, I believe it's called Bunker. It's about a little kid who his dad is named a, a vigilante called Bullet. And uh, he, this kid um, thinks that the world is going to end in nuclear war. So he gets everything set up in a bunker. And um, in fact, the war doesn't go on. It's just that Daredevil and his, his dad are fighting above, but he's thinking that it's, it's uh, that, that, nuclear war is going to be happening so it's a really cool story um and she had a she created a lot of cool characters um and uh i don't think i think she actually had was one of the creators of typhoid mary actually that's what Um, i was thinking she's she's what comes to mind uh that name when you say and nishenti i immediately think typhoid mary uh john ramita jr and mephisto mephisto and then she created this character called shotgun um i think that was part John Romita, mostly John Romita Jr.'s like creation, but um, and he was another um, character. So there was a lot of, there's just a lot of um, continuations of the themes that that Miller started. But mm-hmm. um, she actually did a really good job, and she was also did the story that went through the uh, Inferno series when oh, right. yeah. Daredevil actually fights Mephisto, and you know hell hell uh, gets let loose on a uh, in New York. So mm-hmm. um, really good run. I, I recommend anyone. Uh, to, to go pick that up. And it's right after the Frank Miller run. On, yeah, I agree. Uh, That's a great run. Good yeah. choice. That's real good. So to catch uh, listeners up, uh, Pink Apocalypse, longtime listener, wrote in last week, and she asked us if, you know, uh, if they, she was going to buy a run from a creator, what, what would it be? So last week we did Marvel. This week oh. we'll do some DC real quick. Yes, yeah, it was um, the the rules, though. She, she had specific rules. Do you remember them? Yeah, it was... Um, it wasn't necessarily a creator. It was um, a specific run of a character or something that she could pick up that's quintessential for a Marvel character because yes. she has all those like gaps in her Great. comic knowledge, and she wanted us to stay in Marvel mm-hmm. for, the, for that week. So I guess this week we'll go DC, yeah. just, okay. just character. Don't worry about full runs or not. Um, does anybody else want to go first? Oh, I got All-Star one. All-Star Superman. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. All-Star no. Superman is, probably, is my all-time favorite Superman story. And it's nice and easy. You can grab it in a um, pretty thick little trade paperback. Just scoop it up. I think it's actually being put out by the quote-unquote black label now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the All-Star Superman stuff by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely was awesome. I'm, I've got, like, a weird tie that's fighting in my head. I'm going to let Mark go first if he's got it. So maybe he'll say one of the ones that yeah, I'm yeah. fighting with. So you don't have to make the decision. Yeah. Probably not, because I got some obscure ones that I really like. Try to like, make it something that you can buy a trade of today. Yeah. You can. Uh, like um, one of them is no longer available through DC, but it's available through Dark Horse, which is uh, Major Bummer. Oh, um, Dark Horse which has Major is, Bummer now. Yeah, they bought the rights to it. I think John. It's because John Arcudi has been um, like a part of like the Mask and all of that other stuff yeah. through uh, through Dark Horse. So I think that basically he just kept the rights after a while. But gotcha. Major Bummer was just basically this guy that gets these superpowers instead of going out and doing anything. He's it was like a comment on the slacker age. Um, yeah. It came out in the '90s, which I, I and I thought that was really good. Um, the other by, one, I um, guess, by Monkey. 
yeah, Doug Monkey, and that's the cool thing about it because Monkey was really experimenting with the what uh, with just body types and everything for aliens for different types of aliens, and it wasn't your typical just like dome head shaped alien with a human body or or you know human body and crab head, human body and bird beak, which that seems to be what all anyone does with uh, Green Lanterns anymore. Yeah. It's like everyone has two arms, two legs, and uh, Wolf turtle part. head. Well, do you yeah. do you have do you have a number two? Because I, I'm, I looked really quick, and it doesn't look like it's in print. Oh God! Um, this sounds awesome, though. I might try and like find it. What bummer? Yeah, I've never, bummer? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's yeah. look up, look Save up Dark Horse. Honestly, I think well, it's, I, I just honestly, I just Dark. looked up Amazon oh, yeah. really fast, and oh, it's really? not available. Yeah, shit. Um, I guess the first twenty-five issues of Justice Society. Um, by with Jeff Johns? by Jeff Johns and David nice. Goyer, nice. Um, I think I think it really does explain um, what the uh, like how the it did a great job of forming a, a super team that you actually got to know every character and it was a huge cast and he reintroduced a lot of characters um, and um, actually they just announced that Scott Snyder and um, and uh, James Tinian are reintroducing the justice society this fall mm-hmm. um yeah. along with uh legion and uh i guess who's doing legion, legion bendis bendis yeah bendis and somebody is doing uh, the legion so that'll be interesting to see what they do with the past and the present with those characters um in coming up in the fall but i i really love that the way that all unfolded because there was a great mix of legacy characters as well as um as as well as um new new characters yeah. and and an integration of like the old guard as well it's like wildcat was still in there and so was like jay garrick but then you had like a new version of um i don't know mr terrific and and stuff like that so it was really cool uh you can uh, also start i would say for the flash mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. do the mark wade trade paperbacks it's just flash by mark wade he did definitely like, one of the seminal runs for Wally West Flash it was a, back in the It was a pretty days. long run, too. Like, you could yeah. just start yeah. it, and if you like it, keep going. Yeah. Um, One of my favorites of that was, like, basically the Impulse stuff. Um, uh, not only the Impulse stuff that uh, Wade did with Flash, but then they crossed over and they had uh, Impulse, like, have his own book with Max Mercury and all that cool stuff. I remember so that. That was, that was fun. That was a really good, fun book. Yeah. Yeah. The Impulse that's showing up now in, in, in Young Justice feels much more like Wade's. So yeah. it's it's kind of like a fun throwback. Um I it's a tie for me. Um my first knee jerk reaction was New Frontier. Just oh pick God, up of just pick up DC of New Frontier. I I take yeah. them all back. Read New Frontier. <laughs> but that's not really a character. That's just kind it's of like a, it's 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 a it's a primer of Justice and Justice Society. Like it's right. it's almost just like a primer of the DC universe. Yeah. Um yeah. but if not that, if it was like super continuity, uh, I would I would say Blackest Night. That's which also it's is good. out in a really big, beautiful omnibus. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that thing. it's like it's primarily Green Lantern, so it's like really deep in that. But it touches like everything, so yeah. you kind of also get the 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 grand scope of and like every single corner yeah. of the DC universe. But it's through like the prism toddler, of one character, yeah, like a toddler in an antique store, just touching everything, touches, touching everything. Touches every- mine, 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 shit. mine. All right. So, um, uh, well, the only other thing that I want to mention, I can't, I can't not mention it, is uh, Starman by James Robinson. Um, right, this was course. James James Robinson in his prime, and they haven't okay. even attempted to go back to that character because he yeah. did it so well. That is super um, out of print. 
Is yeah. it out of print now? All of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I can't even. I I have. You can't even type the words into Google. I have the two, oh. the so it came out in omnibuses. Yeah, six omnibuy omnibibles. Yeah, uh, six yeah. of them. I have five, and uh, I cannot so find the sixth one. Even That's like even this disgusting on Craigslist or something. Is for it like a couple in hundred the middle dollars. of it or is it the last one? Last one or it's the last one. Oh, sure really? Released? Yeah. Ah, oh, it's infuriating. Hang on, I'll look uh, again. You guys, I'm... it's fine. All right, thank you so much, Pink, for writing in last week. I hope uh, that this helped you. I realize we yeah. said a lot of things that were very expensive and long running. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you if you need us to pare it down, you let us know. And uh, I have I, I and then I have one more comment from last week. Oh, great, go. Um, it is from uh, what's the Donny Cates book you guys read? Uh, Silver Surfer oh, Black. Sur- Silver Surfer Black. Yes. And I, I, all I did was, this is what I wrote um, as I was listening to the podcast last week. It says, no, Donny Cates, just no. All roads do not road, all roads don't have to lead to venom. Sorry. <laughs> but no. Which I, I just, you know, I just, it's great that, that like he's found a character to really latch onto in, uh, in the Marvel Universe. But it doesn't mean that like everything has to tie pretty soon. We're going to see that like the secret key element of adamantium is, uh, a symbiote shit. Yeah. It's no, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I, that's, it can't be that that is the most important thing in the, in the Marvel universe. Well, his, okay. Like, so I, have you guys been every, no one else is reading guardians of the galaxy, but me, right? I haven't read, I read the I'm, first I'm browsing through so it. I haven't read it. He just finished that. First, issues. He just finished his first arc. And a very primary part of it was was replacing Thanos in some sort of way, shape, and form. I'm not going to tell you how that ends, but I think he's trying to fill the gap or fill the void. Not necessarily replacing Thanos, but just for the time being, fill the void of a cosmic threat that's bigger than anything with this Null character. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't mind that. Yeah, I, I, it's I, not I so bad. I personally like... Like well, I like it when writers I like do it. Uh, when they <laughs> are able to sprinkle their little story seeds throughout the universe all the things and kind of tie them together in the way that Jason Aaron has been doing since he started his Thor run which now has led to War of the Realms it also touched on Avengers like he's been you know Hickman did it years ago Bendis has done it um, where they're all sort of leading toward a big event of some yeah. sort so um, uh, Dan, you, Dan Jurgens does it with Booster Gold all the time. There you, like perfect. whenever he, exactly. whenever he takes over like a like Teen Titans or or Superman or Batman or whatever, he yeah. throws Booster in there. That's a pretty. I, you're right. <laughs> but all right, any other comments from last week, Bud? Nope, that's it. All right, let's get let's get this. Uh, well, you forgot to say how how great we are. But that's oh, it was a good it was another good podcast. Oh. The only bad thing was that I wasn't on it. But that's, I agree. That's true. I agree. Katie's <laughs> agrees. I am nodding vehemently. Uh, vehemently? It's vehemently? vehemently? It's, it's a little bit in the yeah. throat. Uh, the only thing, I have so much to say about Superman Year One. Oh, my God. I, oh, should we, uh, should we get started with Do you want to just that start then? with that instead of yeah, knocking yeah, some stuff off first? Yeah. It's up to you. Whatever you want, whatever you want to do. But I'm, just, I'm just beside myself. It's just, oh, God. Oh, God. Superman I Superman Year One. This, <laughs> I, both, okay, both of you guys have strong feelings in one way or the other. I, like I am that. still trying to decide how I feel about maybe, this fucking Maybe you'll book. find your way through All right, us. Go for it. All right, so Superman Year One is one of the new black label imprint books from DC. The original, the first one was Batman Damned, which is only three issues and still hasn't finished. It was oversized. And then Batman Last Knigget on Earth, Last Night on Earth, 
um, number one has come out, and that is a much smaller sized book. And it was good. Which I, I, I was I excited. I was like, good. I can put this in my, my long boxes. I'm glad that they're changing it. And now we get Superman Year One, which is, again, magazine sized. So <clears throat> uh, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr., I thought to myself, well, that's a strange pairing. Um, it's a, it's first of all, it's Superman. Second of all, it's Frank Miller and Superman, and then Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. and Superman. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. I wrote off Frank Miller as a writer. I would say over a decade ago, if not more. Um, and uh, what was the last thing that I read of his? Was oh, I had said that it was Holy Terror, but Noel reminded me. Oh, right, he did Dark Knight Dark Three, Knight 3. last year. But or, I, my response yeah. to that is, I kind of attribute most of that to Azarello. I don't even really consider that a Frank Miller book. Eh, yeah, he plotted it, but then he did. Um, didn't he do like the? Um, he the, did the little mini. Comics the fill-ins, like well, I he did hated. the minis in the back that I hated, yeah. but he also did yeah. the the um, he also Joker. He did the Joker extra issue with John Romita Jr. With JRJR. Yeah, 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 and that right. was actually kind of good. So, I'll start off real quick. Uh, I don't. I was very pleasantly surprised because I know I have a very specific view of how I think Frank Miller views the Man of Steel. And it doesn't seem very favorable. So when he said he was doing a Superman book, I thought it was a very strange choice. I was at least interested in checking it out. And I left the book not hating it as much as I thought I was going to. I thought it was actually quite enjoyable. I don't think it was firing in all cylinders. I don't think it's a perfect book. I might not remember it in five years but I think sitting down with my expectations, reading this book, putting it down and going, huh, that is not what I expected it to be. And I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it's, not a, it's not Superman year one. It is just a retelling of his origin. So that, that is kind of frustrating. A couple of years. A yeah. Sl- yeah, a slow retelling of his origin. It, yeah. This is like the first 16 years of his life. Yeah. So how many, how year how one how makes no sense. It's like six, 80 pages, 60 pages? Hmm. Um, But anyway, basically, he he starts on Krypton. He takes us through the spaceship landing on Earth. Mom, Pa, Kent, growing up. I guess uh, it took me a while to realize he was in high school because John Romita Jr. draws them like children, like little little baby people. Um, I I have a... (laughs) Let me... Hold on, hold on. First off, I'm really... It was just like... I, I couldn't help but being reminded of of Brightburn. I can't believe he just oh, copied that story, oh, and uh, he's just he's no just spoilers. totally ripped off yeah. ripped off Brightburn. What a rip off! What a rip! By the end, uh, he's joining the Navy. Yeah, yes. So that's sort of like the broad strokes of this issue. Uh, you're chomping at the bit there, Mark. What do you got? I. I I didn't hate this book. It's more like a morbid fascination when you drive by, like a multi-car accident. Oh, uh, that's not a, that's not a positive. <laughs> it, it, it was just so much. I, I mean, it, you ever have one of those books and you're reading it, and page by page, you just want to write down something about it just so that you can remember it later on. And that's what I did. And I ended up having like 20 points uh, during this whole thing. But um, the first of all, it's just the, the overall tone. The, the tone is all over the place. And I don't think that Frank Miller has a, a good handle of youth, um, uh, Midwestern America, um, uh, the way people talk. I mean, they, they talk as if they were – like, yeah, you, you know, it was like, oh, oh, he's a 
uh, let me court ya. I say, I say, it's almost like mm-hmm. Foghorn Leghorn. Um, the way they're talking, it's like they're, he's trying to have like a kind of a down homey accent, but it just it just doesn't work well with his staccato, um, hard boiled kind of narration. Um, and I wasn't sure who was narrating. Uh, oh, that's that was yeah. At times uh. it's Clark. At times it's Clark, and at times it's Jorel. At times it's some omniscient narrator. Mm-hmm. It, at times it's Pa. Sometimes it's Ma. It's just all yeah. over the place. It's the same word word gap word bubble. Not yeah. So to me, to me, anything. this reads like a first draft of four different stories jumbled together, meandering with no point. Mm-hmm. So this was all vignettes with weird. Um, Beautiful vignettes, some of them. Some of them were a little frustrating. Some of them were weird. No real purpose or grounded moment in time that was like it was like a it was like a character study, but you're only watching like the sides of the frame as opposed to focusing on the character. Like yeah. it, it felt weightless, but in a bad way, not in a like effervescent way. Um yeah. and I didn't hate all of it. Um like I, I really dug the bully aspect of it. Yeah. I but but in that aspect of it, I couldn't tell what era this was supposed to be because it felt very modern, but then it felt incredibly not modern. And yeah, it it was just I don't know. I think it needs focus, and it has no focus right now. Well, okay, well, you talked about the way John Romita Jr. draws the kids. I don't think he really meant high school in this scene because they're all walking, running around like they're. I don't know, maybe junior high or like, like middle school, maybe. But for the most part, uh, and that, that was right off the bat because the teacher is talking to them like they're fucking kindergartners. Well, yeah, but She's later like, on, it's supposed the way... to be high school. No, I it think, says first day of first no, day later of high on. school. Later on, it's supposed to be high school. Like yeah, but, end of high school, they should be like 18. And they still, yeah, like he's but, got a bit more of a jaw. But besides that, they're the same looking. Like, I would say like maybe five pages in because I'm I'm looking at it now. It's like he's should they. It says it, it's it's Pa and and uh, Clark. They're driving into school. Yeah. And it says at the top of it, it says high school. That's before that. School, I mean, that's first the first day. time this we see it. any of these bullies, any of these kids, or anything. It's all um, just uh, that's where we start getting this part where uh, the bullies are happy the bullies are picking on people and he's in with these weirdos and he calls them weirdos um which to me seems kind of weird um (laughs) high school first day this is it and it's like you know if you're if you're part of the weirdos and you're and you're feeling it's it's almost like yeah he's he's hanging with them but he's still calling them weirdos well it it sounds like so i see that part that did irk me a little bit or it, it rubbed me the wrong way um and just kind of like a read past it but that I took as Frank Miller trying too hard. Like yeah. him, this is how the well, kids would talk about themselves. I, I don't think he, maybe I'm wrong. Where does he call them weirdos? Because again, it's that omniscient narrator. After you, yeah. that's Clark, who's, who's the narrator? Clark and his weirdo friends, his tribe. And then later, the bell rings just in time. Another school day, Clark and his friends, the weirdos. So I don't yeah. see him calling them weirdos. Clark and his friends, the weirdos. I, I, I don't know. That's, yeah, it, that's again. It was. I think it's because we we don't know who the narrator is. Yeah. And then this emo kid stabs him with a pencil and then just runs away. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like out of the blue, an emo kid just I, drops, and you never see him the rest of the story. Page pages like one through five really did. I've reread them four or five times, and that's not even exaggerating because the whole time I was trying to 
figure out who the hell is talking. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's a a story device, but the way that the narrator speaks, he speaks like it could be, or I assume it's he. He speaks like he could be Clark, he could be Jor-El, he could be um, Well, he keeps saying the word dads. Dad's new rocket. Yeah, but there's other times that he says something where it's, it's... in the perspective of Clark, and then there's other times when it's like, well, maybe it's Pa Kent because he he references Ma and Pa, and then they talk about each other as Ma and Pa. It's just yeah, it's, it's very it's weird. It's important because um, John Kent feels something probe inside his skull. A gentle yeah. warmth makes him feel like his brain is floating. The boy coos and pleased. Is he using mind control? It, I, that I almost think... feels like a part where I, I mean, having just seen Brightburn, no. it, it's like this scene creepy. has an ominous, a little bit of an ominous tone to it. I so, agree. Uh, it, and maybe it's just the way it's written, though, because like if it, if this is the baby's natural way of of detecting danger and or you know just kind of like signaling safety from itself yeah. almost like hormonal or or pheromonal cool but the way it's written it's as though an alien is tricking this man to take it home Absolutely. exactly yeah exactly and yes. it's and and that just makes that makes me feel more like oh it's frank miller trying to be a person i think it some is. of the stuff he, think, re, he writes right, is just the, so it, very cardboard i, I, do I feel really bad because I, i'm sorry go so, ahead jd i would just saying i really do think that there's some some sort of alien thing happening here where mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's just innate in like being around a Kryptonian um, is that he does have that ability to sort of like calm people around him as a, as a baby. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. That'd be cool. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, No. Yeah. It just seems like there, there, I I feel bad a little bit because I know that Frank Miller is, he, he is not at a hundred percent. He's you, you see him. He's very frail and sickly. I'm not sure what's wrong with him, but um, there's definitely, um, he's definitely had a, uh, is is uh, going through some health stuff. Um, also, he's old, and I think that he just doesn't really. I I don't think he can relate to these these uh, childlike kind of things. Um, I think he's more of the era. I mean, that type of narration works when you're Marv, and you're talking in that kind of uh, you know yeah. gumshoe gumshoe kind of hard, down on his luck kind of accent. But um, this kind of staccato way of narrating, I mean, it works. It would work if it were. T- if it like I could see that kind of staccato thing happening with a, a impulse uh, like and that's the way impulse thinks because he's all over the place and um, and is is uh, but but still there's there's this kind of like use of first person second person omniscient uh, or omniscient uh, kind of narrator that really does um, it messes with your mind as you're reading through this. Yeah, it really screws things up. Here's a here's a good example. So I'm trying to um I I the bigger point I want to make is the first act of this book I really really like. I would read an entire yeah. issue of Mon Pa Kent figuring out how to raise this baby because there are some genuine scenes. There's some scenes in here that are genuinely funny that I've never seen in a Superman comic book before. He has gas and he's thumping high above the the tumbleweeds. And yeah. it's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And Ma and Pa, in their very kind of like calm way, are just like, uh, "What'd you feed him? Or yeah. he, what'd you ha- what do you have for breakfast?" And it's these normal like raising a child things with like a twinge of danger and or like madcap humor, which is really funny. But then all of a sudden he, you know, we discover his his laser vision, and this is the part. This is one of the parts for me where the 
the captions ruin it where it's him having food that's too hot and then the captions are i'm assuming him saying hot it's hot too hot too hot and his laser vision goes off yeah so in that part it's like okay so this is maybe this is clark that's talking or or like a a recapped version of clark but that doesn't make sense for earlier pits it's and then the very next so i kept getting thrown out not fair show her show her and then the very next panel is night ma softly reads from the bible pa snores clark drifts away so then we've moved narrator again i yeah i want i'd like this whole this whole thing was like my interest was floating away the book kept trying to grab me by the foot and pull me back down, but then something else happened and I just floated away and didn't care. Like yeah. it, I that want to like this. Problem with it was the narrator. I thought the rest I really liked. That ruined it, it did, for me. It yeah. didn't bother me about the um, uh, being in the navy. Apparently, a lot of people have a trouble with him joining the military, and to me, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's yeah. this kid with this power, and he doesn't really know what to do. But he is raised in the Midwest, um, so of course, you know, where can you do help? What? Where can you do? How can yeah, you be right, of service? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it um, makes sense. So yeah, I, I enjoyed a, a lot of this, and I enjoyed it a way a way more than I thought I was going to. I think my one of my complaints is yes, I like the bully stuff, and I liked how he was trying to figure out like, oh, I could do. What does he do? He he kind of like he doesn't beat them up, but he does kind of block a one of the, block a punch, which yeah. like hurts the kid, and then he kind of like pushes him, and then he goes, okay, well that didn't work. There's got to be a better way to do this. And I thought, oh, okay, so now we're getting to at the very early stages of maybe he does some sort of quote-unquote reporting, right? Some some little step one of here's how he becomes a reporter yeah. of you know maybe gathering information and using that information against them. Uh, he does not do that. Instead, there's a scene where I guess they go at the, – the gang of kids have been going after all the friends, all of his friends. And then they go after Lana Lang. Because they know that they're supposed to meet up later, and they push her to the ground and they threaten her, and then Clark shows up and does. Are they exact- were they going to rape her? Well, they said uh, the dialogue implies that they are going rapey. to rape her. It got it, it gets it gets rapey. She says, "Don't." That's touch why me. I'm saying. Well, that's why I'm saying that the tone is like all over the place. It's like you can't have like aw shucks moments and stuff, and then all of a sudden just throw in a, a you know a gang rape at a, yeah. a threat a threat of a gang rape. Oh, we'll in, touch in there. you. We'll touch you good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just. It that's gets, why. I, uh, yeah. It becomes less. I don't. It's it's weird. Like, so from a story pers- from a from a story structure standpoint, the only reason to have that scene is to justify Clark throwing them across right. the field. But even then, yeah, he doesn't. You don't have to get. He does the same thing. I know. It's just getting physical again. That's that's what that's I mean. Like, point. it's not. So, from a story standpoint, it's worthless then. Like it's just it, which is frustrating, yeah. because the the whole point the whole point of this whole lesson is like how do you how do you stop somebody without physically stopping them because you know you can and then he physically stops them. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no lesson then, learned, <laughs> which I, there doesn't have to be a lesson right away, but it's like there's not even a hint of one. Yeah, it's years later. The next scene is like yeah. years later, and you know I'm making out and you know. Having the uh, the coitus with Lana Lang before I ship out to the Navy. Is it years later? Because they look pretty much. It's been a very. There's a very subtle, like move from uh, him stopping her from being raped to him like. I guess it says finals week, and I guess that means that they're finishing up stuff, and time has passed, and they're kissing, and then he's going off the thing, and then he he actually bones Lana, which the night before he leaves, yeah. Yeah, which is just 
again, I, I, I'm not saying it's not something that happened in real life, but does that need to happen in a, do we need to know when uh, Superman lost his virginity? Well, that and that if part we didn't do, bother me too much. It doesn't bother me either. I don't it's know. It's also a, I, it's what's it called? Black label. It's an, you know, it's I mean, that, supposed to have those elements. So what this no, it's, yeah. uh, if it does have those elements, then fucking show it. If it's supposed to be no, a, a, no. a a black label thing, this answer the questions, the sexual questions that we've been having about Superman <laughs> like all this time. That that you part know? didn't bother me. Like two teenagers being teenagers didn't bother me. It's yeah. the it's it's the the poor construction and the like. He poses a good question, a good dilemma. And comes nowhere near even oh. hinting at an answer for us. But Maybe that's the next issue, long, long the next question. issue. Sure. I'm, I'm willing to, to – Oh, yeah. I'm going to read the next one and I'm going to – only three issues, so. I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to finish this to its completion, hopefully just in, yeah. at the very least that maybe I'll know who the narrator is at the end of the yeah, third yeah, issue. Yeah. For but, me, though, it, it's like it, it, if you go there, just commit to it. Don't just – hint at like i'm not just saying that we needed a rape in this book or we needed to have a sex scene or something but if you're gonna go there then don't just don't just you know flick a nipple you know just go ahead for the full-on you know caress you're saying don't go all the way there but you're also saying don't show a rape and don't show sex so yeah i guess i'm I'm curious about what you would want yeah but it's like why even suggest then then you're just suggesting it to be edgy you know, then why put it so in there if you're, you're just it, you're suggesting just it to be edgy, as opposed to just being like, "This is a teenager; he's leaving. They have sex the night well, I before." Th- I think I think what you guys are like dancing around is the fact that showing showing or telling something should have a purpose. Yeah. These yeah. are things that are just shown and told, and we don't yeah. know what the purpose is yet. Yeah. So no matter what, whether it's too much on one side or the other side, or however the pendulum is swinging, it still feels awkward because we have no reason why nothing is really like no all the cards are being set up nothing has fallen in any kind of direction yet then look at this dialogue um sleep tight or he says let me court you lana uh that was weird then i won't <laughs> be keeping any secrets not from you sleep tight she also, says yeah sure i'll sleep her tight. response too of being lifted in the air and taken for a ride for you know with no provocation was just real blase blase i, I mean good yeah. on her yeah um, no, but but she goes sure I'll sleep tight, and then the next uh, the next next page it says boning up there, Mister Kent. Also, I mean, too, there's she some, was there's just a lot assaulted. of innuendo going on in here, and I just don't feel like this is the place to have that type of innuendo. I, I'm sorry, I don't want to be like Mister Moralistic or anything, but it just doesn't feel like there's so much more story that I'd be more interested in hearing about than than sexual innuendo and stuff like that with Clark. I don't know. It's Fair. Just me. Okay. Um, the other, there's only like one other thing. The art here is basically like probably some of the best work I've seen John Romita Jr. do in years. I think it is really, so, really good. It, I mean, just all of it. I, yes, there are some questions on like how how old some of these kids are, but um, at the for the most part, just everything. I think there's there's a scene where he's sitting on top of a of a old silo, um, and that's just like really, really. What, uh, pretty pretty fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you know that that panel? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I kind of wish it would be a full panel rather than the flying uh, Lana and other one. That one I, I would it was almost painterly. It was really nice. Um, 
but uh, the the other thing, just that it was just a weird weird panel that I saw, which was they were on the bus and Clark sees all the kids that have been beaten up, and mm-hmm. there's one kid with a mustache coming out of his nose holes, and I don't understand that picture. Oh, he's got a tissue up his nose to stop from bleeding. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. It looks. Doesn't it look like a mustache? Yeah. yeah those are. That's a bloody tissue. Yeah. Those are bloody tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean, though. The shape I was of like, what's like- this? And he's got gray hair. He's also, got gray hair. I'm like, what's the, this old man doing sitting in the box? Like Monopoly guy. <laughs> the um the bully thing was just dropped too. That's what I said. Exactly. Like just dropped. Yeah. yeah. Not even like unresolved, just straight up dropped. Yeah. He beat the piss out of him and then that was the end of it. I guess, but that's not how bu- that's not how life works, especially when you're in a small town school like that. Yeah. It's not like he stopped going to school or they stopped going to school. They did. He he didn't kill him. Um, right, like but he, I feel like him; exactly. those kids bothering Clark's friends ended the minute he threw them across the field. Yeah. It, it, it was a little different then. I tried to punch you and you blocked me and, I, and that hurt. Uh, and you kind of pushed me a little harder than I thought. Like this is like this, oh, overpowered. This is OP shit, right? Yeah. So the fact that I, I could kind of buy that they just left those kids alone after that. Maybe they went on to bully other kids. Maybe. I know. I, I think that's lazy. It is lazy. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, no! I mean, like I, um, we spent three, two, what, three fourths of this book, two third of this book, with them kind of like rising in tension and yeah. with severity. Yeah. Um, and even the way that it's written with him throwing them around, they, they kind of like, um, they even say something along the lines of like, "Is that Clark or this or that or what happened?" So it 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 leaves it in a way where, like, that's one of those like it's like a classic teen movie where it's just like. You push, they push harder one more time, and then everybody like rounds up together for a resolution. But he just goes off to and no the navy. Yeah, yeah. So it, it just if it, it made me wonder why. I just took. Yeah. Oh. Well, one of the problems yeah. with all this is that um, every every beat, every like emotional beat in this story um, was done better in Smallville, and I hate to even say that. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's well, like because Smallville Smallville was worse. not a great series. But at least it dealt with, you know, he played football and he did it. He used his powers on the field and then he learned that he can't do that. You know, it's stuff like that that um, – sorry, my cat is going crazy. Um, but uh, like he plays football and then he realizes that, yeah, I shouldn't – probably shouldn't make a spectacle of myself. Although he does. He you makes got, a total spectacle of himself. So you, here you the, got to see the le- – what you're saying is like at least in, in Smallville, you got to see him learn the lessons, not just yeah. like – do Not just things. one page, one page of cool flashback. Basically. Well, this is the Superman Year One podcast. We're just yeah. going to keep talking about this for Holy another shit. half hour. Sorry, <laughs> I do sorry. Say, I really like this scene where he's driving away. He's getting taken away on the bus to the Navy, and he knows that Lana is up on her roof, and he's really straining and pushing himself to use his telescopic vision. Well, I really like that. And so that's how he kind of unlocks it. He yeah, this out. and the the heat vision. Yeah. I mean, I would have read a whole book of that where he like um, haphazardly or or grows into these things. Like, imagine for every one of his power sets, a scenario of just growing up where he either has to or needs yeah. to, or it just accidentally yeah. happens. Which actually Smallville did. I actually and really it was did enjoyable. Smallville. My favorite thing yeah. about Smallville is that every time he would get turned on, the heat visual the heat, would go yeah. wire. So he had yeah. to learn how to I control himself like a sixteen-year-old yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did love though the way this this uh, issue ended with him. Um, it also comes into question. It's like, just, do we really need another Superman origin story? No, um, no like, that's why I'm, this is like a total vanity project. Just because 
Frank Miller did Superman, it's like now all of a sudden he has to do Bat- or he did Batman, Batman. Now all of a sudden he has to do Superman. Too. I don't I don't agree with that wholeheartedly. I would say I I was looking forward to Superman Year One, which we didn't get here. No, I didn't need yeah. this particular issue. I wanted Superman Year One of like here's him the first year with the suit. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, we didn't get that at all. We got yeah. Superman Origin. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, mm. but we'll see what issues two and three bring us. I, I'm curious to see where it's headed. I like the idea of him joining the military. I want to see how that shakes out. Are they should have been called Superman Year Ones or Superman yeah. Grade School Years Years Superman, Ones? Yeah. Yeah. Superman High School. Now, Noel, yeah, you have been doing us a favor, Mark and I, by reading all of the Age of <laughs> X Men. You mean um, Mark's not reading them too? I read them too. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. You're doing me a favor because I've refused. I stopped. I was like, I'm I not committed my time. to the bit. I, I, I gave up. I've been reading them. Uh, Amazing Nightcrawler number five. Is this the last issue? So of Amazing this Nightcrawler? is this. Exactly. So we were, we were all we we were all like waiting for these to become something good, and this is where they all collectively shit the bed, and like really great series just like. And nowhere, and say to be concluded in Age really of X Men. Um, well, Is like like with? really great series would. Wait, you, you, I didn't call him great. Did you? He said. He said, "Yeah, all these really great series are now. Should, this is where the really great series shit the bed." Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say great. No, I didn't mean there to say great go. at all. <laughs> um, so this is by what Sean and McGuire and Juan Ferrer, and uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, it sucked. Okay. <laughs> well, I, so this is, this issue in particular, it didn't just suck. It was, it was, um, it was offensive in a really weird See, way. I thought you texted us and was like, oh, I, I have really thoughts. Liked Amazing Night No, I didn't say I, I liked. I was like, uh, I have thoughts. some thoughts. Oh, I misread it. Because okay. this entire thing is like a really weird allegory for faith. Okay. Um, oh, well, Nightcrawler makes sense. It does. He's the character but to do it with. He's kind of a monster. So this this entire like Age of X Men thing, um, uh, personal interactions and relationships, even even those between siblings, are policed because that's how, you know for some fucking reason that I still don't understand. Um, and he has a love affair with Megan yes. uh, that they try and hide, but back and forth. And then we find out during this issue that the cuckoos have been constantly wiping his and her memory because yeah. they've been doing this over and over again. So on the like department X are the people that come in and wipe memories of people that are like, you know, offenders, but the cuckoos have been taking it on themselves to do it so they don't get caught by department That's X nice. in general. Is it well, though? It's because it's all because of the cinema. It's I, I yeah, mean the, to keep the, the movies going. The, oh, yeah, it's and and this is wait, like wait, the wait, studio wait. system. Hang on, they, hang on. I'm not yeah. even uh, please let me finish because I'm so oh, mad. Sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Megan and Nightcrawler have a daughter during one of these trysts. Like yeah. they've got a full-grown daughter that they keep getting erased and not erased and erased and not erased. That's brutal. from their memories, right? Yikes. So at the end of all of this, Nightcrawler knows the truth. Him and Megan escape. They fly up in the air. They have their daughter that they're going to go meet up with, and they're going to run. And his decision is, "I love you more than anything itself, and I love our daughter." But I believe in what we're doing, so I'm going to go give up and let myself be mind-wiped, and you run and raise our kid. No. That was his choice. And then it ends with him just being laissez-faire, hey, this is cool. So to me, it immediately read like, 
So he was shown and given every single reason as to why this age of X-Men is not like he was he was shown true love. He was shown the fruits of that true love. He was given the opportunity to go and express it in like in freedom. And he fell back on on what is comfortable for him, his his religion, his truth. And then it just ended. And that pissed me off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nightcrawler is the worst person in the world. Okay, This is the dumbest thing. I hated it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I think this studio, like this whole studio, I think, I, I think this is trying to be without really knowing that it's doing it, but it's trying to be make a comment on like the hypocrisy of, of Hollywood and, and how like, you know, they could say like they give their speeches at their award ceremonies and things like that. But then at the same time, they're uncovered with all of these other controversies behind there and, and they're not perfect themselves and that and. It's stuff like that. It sort of speaks to that a little bit in a convoluted sort of way. Um, at the same time, I think that to mess with a really noble character like Nightcrawler um, and make him into one of these kind of vapid Hollywood kind of people is it, it basically he's choosing the Hollywood life over true love and well, and happiness. You I know, it's, I read it as. Um as a as a very thinly veiled um, attempt or a commentary on Catholicism, because mm-hmm. he is a very Catholic raised character. So like it's it's his faith is baked into this reality. His what he knows has been true his entire life. His indoctrination. He is shown empirical evidence on the other side of it, and it is good. But he falls back on that indoctrination on that yeah. that reality that he put all his faith in. Which is, uh, b- 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 I, with this character explicitly, it felt more like that than just a Hollywood. Now, is this possible uh, that it is part of the story where we have this world that is supposedly supposed to be a, um, a utopia, but it is doing bad things to these beloved characters, and that's part of why they need to get out of this reality? Because it's having ill effects on everybody. Everywhere else in yeah. this in this series or in this event or whatever the hell it's supposed to be called, every time one of these beloved characters is kind of faced with the truth, they have made a decision towards it or against it. Okay. Well, here's this is the, the first here's one that has actually backpedaled and gone back to like that fake reality intentionally or or willingly. Well, this this is a solo book. All these uh, miniseries are. You know, they you have a main character in each of them, pretty much, um, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, and a lot of them have like Nightcrawler is going to go back to the Marvelous X Men or or the, this X team that he's a part of. Um, I think basically the assignment here was take Kurt on an adventure, but leave him as he was when he went in there. Yeah, maddening. so he can have his development in these. X-Men Alpha and Omega books, um, Age of X-Men Alpha and Omega books, which is a horrible way of telling a story because um, it does not reflect really well to him uh, at the very end of the story as he's not he's not the hero of this book. It's absolutely I mean, maddening. And well, it's it's prematurely um, – uh, not prematurely. It's um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's doing the Wally West thing, but it's already, he's already said, fuck the kids. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like he's going to come out of this Age of X-Men reality <laughs> into the regular reality and realize that he has lost an entire family because he already doesn't care. So I, I, <laughs> I do want to like, – I know we're not going to talk about them in length, but I, there's like two things I want to touch on. This, this happened also in the next-gen issue where uh-huh. 
nothing happens. At, like everyone yeah. gets to a point and then they all just get mind wiped and sent to prison and that's it. Like yeah. that didn't go anywhere. Um, Marvelous X-Men, I have no idea. I don't even understand how that fifth SU ended. It's just X-Men. I don't think I read that one. Nate Gray saying, I am the universe oh. and the universe oh, is Oh, that's me. right. And then you're like, what the fudge does that mean? It's like he doesn't, didn't even realize that – like he mind wiped himself almost to make he, it so that he didn't even realize that he was the one that created this whole universe in the first place? No clue. I don't even know. But extremists opened up a couple of questions for me. So there are there are um, a lot of uh, gay characters on this team. You have Bobby, um, Northstar, and Richter shows up in this in this issue. That was weird. I, it the wasn't only- – hang on. I don't understand the rules of this world. Now I'm – 30 issues into a 36 issue event and I don't understand where they got wiped if they got wiped so in this in this world of of no personal intimate relationships are there still is there still sexual identity right exactly because they so, they just know amongst each other when they see each other or like out of nowhere Bobby starts flirting with Northstar and I'm like when did this happen in the four other issues before this exactly and what's happening yes. now and, and that's the, the thing. And it's like, down. yes, oh, maybe, like, oh, great, but they didn't have, explore that at all. It's one of those things where it's just like you have two gay characters. And so, oh, well, you've got to put these two gay characters together. That's what it's just kind of stupid just to, to think that way. To me, it wasn't um, even that. It was just the fact that they all of a sudden, for the purposes of the story, started acting more queer. Uh, and yeah. I, I was like, I'm OK with that, but I don't understand. I don't understand. It made me realize I didn't understand the rules of the world. Yeah. And yeah. if everyone still had their same exact identities, because up until now they didn't. So does that mean there is sexual identity in this? You have no in I this world you, of my answer right? is you have given this more thought. than <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Well, I, I'm sure the writers that had these different series um, really wanted to put something into it. And that's why we have those questions, because they 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 hinted at certain things. But then at the same time. You know that editorial is like pushing them. It's like I think, and a lot of these writers are new writers, and they didn't, and they don't realize that they, you know, in five issues you have to have a, you have to have a whole arc and and finish it off. It's not something you can continue, especially since um, everything is going to be the chalkboard is going to be erased yeah. at the end of this this series with uh, the Hickman stuff coming up. They're so all just crazy wait. misaligned too. Like in one, a character's dead, but she's not dead in the other one, and it, yeah. like. Who cares? Yeah. Exactly. I'm, Why are you it, still it, it, reading it? I'm in it, man. <laughs> I did it. I did it because I made a promise and I said <laughs> I'm keeping it. Because I love it. the listeners. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll all check out that last issue. And well, see I think we got like three left. How useless it can be. Now, oh, really? um, yeah, like while, while we're on the useless tip, Batman number 73 came out, which oh, uh, was written by Tom King with art by Mikael Janin. And we have um, the, their, uh, Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint universe is in the regular universe. He has helped Bane beat his son. Broken. Uh, broken, breaking his son. And then he has uh, plopped his son on the back of a horse, and they've got a coffin that they're dragging behind them through the desert. And uh, we got Thomas Wayne singing songs and beating up ninjas and batman wakes up and they have a hug yeah hugs his dad batman acts like a a 10 year old yeah batman is a child in this for some reason and then 
There's some more singing and some more punching of ninjas in the desert, and then that's it. And I literally got to the last page, and I was like, what? That was the issue? I kind of liked it. Oh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it checked off all the boxes that I've wanted in the last, like, ten issues, which is actual characters speaking to each other. Uh-huh. Okay, to tell true. the story. That's true. It and wasn't I, just, I loved that it part. It was a silent issue where it's just a bunch Someone of... Someone sermonizing yeah. text boxes. Or like, I, you know no, what? No, no, that's My enemy we is Catchings this week pages, and every other week. We got three pages of interaction between those two. The rest of it was old Batman singing songs. It's true. Um, I took... I. You know what? I didn't even think... Until you guys mentioned it, I didn't even really think about... Um, Bruce Wayne's state of mind for the first chunk of this book because well, he's, he's very drugged. He actually did break his when, back and they repaired he... him and very so that's, drugged. That's this is time. Thing. Hold on. So that's the mm. other thing, right? So apparently his back was severely damaged by Bane in the last issue. Again? Do, do, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Busting bust his hump, literally. And so Thomas Wayne, after Bruce has woken up from his drugs, says, I did what I could for your back, but... Um, uh, let's see, where is it? But I love you. Give me just a second. Because um, this is important to me. Uh, I did my best to put your spine back together, but between the hurt and the anesthesia, I want you to ride on the horse. I'll walk. So it is half is towards the end of the issue that it's revealed that he did back surgery on his son and then... Was a surgeon. Humped him over a horse <laughs> to ride through the goddamn desert after giving him back surgery. Are you fucking kidding me? As a it's equestrian with, therapy. And I think his ethics as a doctor is kind of, are kind of called As a person with a with equestrian therapy. Uh, all I can think bitch. of was him humped over that horse, galloping through a goddamn well, desert. Maybe um, since it was like his spine broke in this direction, it's setting with him humped over. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't say, care. It's, it's I, reminded me it's a therapy of, horse. Reminded me in that what was that shitty movie, the Nolan movie, Dark Knight Rises, I didn't hate where that movie. they uh, <laughs> he breaks Batman's back and then he goes down into the the hole and then there's a guy down there who like super punches his back and then his back is better. <laughs> it was just like, come on. Yeah. Well, I did what I I did my best to put your spine back together, which could just be slipping a disc. Sure. It doesn't necessarily have to mean he cracked him open. All right. Um, I did really like this page. The page after that interaction, mm-hmm. uh, this sparse page, is this a dream? Not yours, mine. Uh-huh. I liked all of that. I liked all that. Like, I, And I liked establishing that Thomas Wayne is uh, arguably more effective than Bruce, mm-hmm. which oh, he should God. be. I mean, he... Why? Single Why should he be? He well, didn't go through the. Cha- if they're setting the, the him tragedy. up, as, if they're setting him up as an obstacle, yes, he should be more. He did go through a tragedy. He he had a similar thing. So he lost his son, right? And his wife yeah. went crazy, and, yeah. and so he becomes Batman in that world. Okay. So I, I, I in, in my but head, but he becomes I, Batman at an age in middle age. Yeah, Bruce trains psychologically, mentally, and physically all the way from a child until adulthood to be Batman. Would be a better. He like Bruce Wayne would be a much better fighter. I mean, that's conjecture. Mm-hmm. That's like us all of a sudden <laughs> saying, "All right, I'm going to be a Batman I, I, right now." I think I'm going <laughs> to be a superhero. Yeah, so start traded today. Noel, he Noel was a young. Mark, he so was a now young. I have to yeah become a Batman. 
Mm, I mean, I can see it. <laughs> All I'm saying is this issue could have happened in uh, two pages. Yep. Well, I mean, that's that's the that's I'll the macro story of of Jesus. Tom King's run thus far. Jesus Christ. Speed or if they actually had some actual like. This is the thing. It's like I he like wakes this. up first. They they attack the uh, they attack the ninjas, and we get a little bit of a fight. We get two pages of fight, which is nice. Uh, but um, then the second fight, Batman is passed out from, and he wakes up, and there's another uh, there's a, there's another bunch of ninjas around him. Um, it's just it, it just feels like anymore the action is just all. Uh, it's all like it, nothing. The action part of this, the I, I, I get it. I don't want I don't want action without substance, but I also want action. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel like action is is anything. It, there's so many books that I, I just see the action kind of just breezed over, flown over, and then the the it gets all you get is just the emotional stuff and the and this the or the writer trying to be clever with words and and stupid songs and shit like that. So I. I kind of dig where this is going, at least, because I don't remember this ever being a plot point. The idea with, uh, however happening, whether through multiple dimensions or magic or whatever, actually reuniting the Waynes in some way, shape, or form. I, I, that is an element. I think that this I is kind of cool. Appreciate. I, I've never seen this before. I like the idea that yes, Batman, um, Bruce, uh, fuck, Thomas Wayne. <laughs> is, God damn. <laughs> um, on the Bane side because he just wants. Bruce to stop being Batman. So he that, wants to protect his son. That I don't. You're right, but yeah, it's neat. But add this wrinkle in too of the promise of maybe being able to reunite his family, which is yeah. the only thing that actually drove him. Which is, I mean, as from what I know of the Lazarus Pit. Are you a Lazarus Pitologist? Yes, I've t- I took Lazarus Pit 101. I mean, but Fair. so as as much as you can learn learn in that one semester, um, you got a fucking corpse here. As from what oh, I yeah. know, you you can only you can't bring people back from the dead. Dead, they have to be almost dead. I mean, yeah. I figured they would know that by now. At least these they two characters. So dead. there's something. Well, they they or talk about like how this is like a pit of pits. It's, oh. it's not like you can't have decayed. Right, and this is a it, woman who's been dead for decades. Yeah. So she's got to be pretty stinky. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Noel. Yeah, I got to the end and still went. Oh, f- come on, that was it. I mean, uh, and that's what I'm getting with the end of every with one of these issues. And it's like I'm glad, I'm glad someone stepped in and said, "Listen, yeah, you are dragging ass here, and you know this story that you've been trying to tell uh, for the last two years. Um, it, in the 24 issues that's been out, it, it has you've told maybe 10 issues of story, mm. maybe little, maybe less." And it's, uh, that's, I, and it just feels like you, you just can't do, you, you can't do that. You can't do that for so long and then not have somebody just, to me, it's a chore to pick up Batman anymore. And yeah. Batman has always been, uh, Batman is my Spider-Man to you, JD. It's like, I'll always read Batman. Um, even through the bad stuff, I'll yeah. sit, I'll chug through it in hopes that, uh, I'll get maybe one scene that I'll, I'll like, um, but uh, it's this is just I, I I can't believe we still have to sit through another ten to fifteen issues of this yeah. shit. It, yeah. It's frustrating. I just I, want to know how it ends at this point. I don't even <laughs> care. That's why um, I was so surprised at how much I liked 
um, last night on Earth? Because that was that stuff happened. Yeah, that was that was You're a right. lot of fun. Then I, I was because I was a little nervous about it, having not liked his what's his name All Star Scott Snyder's All Star Batman. Yeah, run that he did right after you know the New Fifty Two Batman. So I was a little nervous. But then I read Last Night on Earth, and I was like, this is what I want. I want more of this. Give me this instead of the what's going on yeah. right now. But um, So I have not been reading Daredevil from Chip Zdarsky, and uh, the artist of this issue number seven was Lalit Kumar Sharma. Um, but you, you had uh, said we should read six and seven. Did you read these, Mark? Yeah, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you? Noel? Sucks. Noel did not. Boo. But I like that we have a daredevil, a Matt Murdock, who hasn't been daredevil for months and months. He's been like eight months yeah. now. And he's no longer a lawyer. He is a... Um, he's a parole officer. Parole officer, which yeah. is just as an interesting job as, as a lawyer, I think, sure. for, for this character. And um, But because he hasn't been daredevil for so for so long, regular people seem to be strapping on masks and just <laughs> fighting crime yeah in daredevil's outfits yeah so um, yeah i think there's a lot to like about this how, how are you you know enjoying this you know i i like it i am not in love with this artist no, um, no 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 i i especially don't like the way he draws um uh what do you call it i especially don't like the way he draws uh, um who is it uh kingpin nope I think that they make him look like a big pudgy. He looks like a Tweedledee or Tweedledum yep. in the Batman universe, um, rather than the Kingpin. He's just too, too chunky, too round, too uh, too sloppy looking. Um, uh, that said, I do love the story. I love the way this issue ends, number seven, where he's basically a. a um, <laughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, he's basically a, 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 I don't know, air traffic controller or yeah. something, like going around and basically using his radar to just report crimes all over the city. Um, he's just sitting in his tower and looking out there, and he's just reporting assaults and, and that stuff. Um, I've never seen that happen before, and I yeah. thought that was interesting. Um, at the same time, uh, I want to see him back in there. We've, we've had, like... Uh, we haven't had him go through a lot of these crises lately. Um, he was killed and came back to life. He was crippled and got back to normal. Um, this last one, he uh, he has accidentally killed somebody, and um, he's that's basically something he doesn't want to. He can't uh, deal, with. Uh, deal with. The issue before this, I should have. I should have. Uh, um, I should have recommended that we read, read that one as well. Um, Spider-Man. Should, oh, you did? Oh, you mean or, number or five. No, no, number five. I thought you meant six. Uh, the, uh, um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Spider-Man show up basically saying, look, man, uh, well, first Luke Cage, Iron Man, Iron Fist, and uh, Jessica Jones, they tell him, look, we heard um, you accidentally killed somebody. Um it happens. It's, you know, it's a sad reality. And it was, it was kind of interesting to have these like street, like these guys, the street level kind of heroes say that, look, we can't be perfect all the time. It's like, we, it's, it's impossible. That's, it's impossible to do that. And then at the end of all that, um, they all leave. And then Spider-Man shows up and he says, look, man, he goes, I just want to tell you that you're done. He said, I don't want to fight you, but you need to hang it up. If you wow. can't save lives anymore, then don't do it. 
And uh, and so that was a really kind of powerful issue as well. And and Chip Zdarsky has been just kicking ass on this whole series so far. It's really really good. Um, and it's it's really the, the makings of another really classic writer on Daredevil. Um, who just it seems like people bring their all to a Daredevil series, at least mm-hmm. in the writing department. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I agree. Um, I, when you were talking about how Spider-Man and the other gang showed up to talk to him about accidentally murdering a person and everyone was like, that happens. I was like, that's not Spider-Man. Yeah. So No, no. Yeah, I was no mis- Spider-Man shows up later. Yeah, yeah when you said he showed up later and was like, nah, dude. I was like, oh, that there he is. That's the guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this these two issues that I've read have really made me want to go back and start with Daredevil number one um, yeah. for this series. Chip Zdarsky is doing something really interesting with this character that I have not seen in a while. I had given up on Daredevil, I think after about Mar- uh, halfway through the Mark Wade run while I enjoyed how like swashbuckling and fun it was it just I fell behind and didn't pick back up so yeah. um yeah I think this is a great series I like everything that's happening I like that even the kingpin has decided I don't care about this anymore like I'm the yeah. I've kind of done everything I wanted to do I'm in charge of the city I'm the mayor uh, I am literally the kingpin of crime as well as the mayor and I get nothing out of it anymore I'm sort of um, a little jaded um, yeah so he wants to try doing something different and I'm curious about what that looks like yeah it's cool that both kingpin and daredevil are like hanging up their spurs and mm-hmm. you know they're they're content with what they're doing right now yeah. um, that's never that's not going to be the case forever yeah, but um, at least at least we get to see it, it's going to be interesting with their, their road back. Yeah. Um, uh, now the art, uh, I don't know. I, I like my daredevil stuff a little grittier, mm-hmm. um, and a little less really thick lines. And, uh, I don't know what you're more of an artist. Like what, what is off for you here? I, um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I'm used to a daredevil that isn't quite so smooth, superhero-y. If I, yeah. if I may, um, yeah. a lot of this, I'm trying to look at this artist and there's a little bit of Bagley mixed with, um, uh, that guy who did young justice like 20 years ago, Todd knock, Todd knock is in here, yeah. uh, in some yeah. of this line work and these faces. Um, it's, it, but it, those two styles pushing together don't create something that I'm enjoying looking at. Um, yeah. One of the one of the things that that stand out to me is that like he draws the way he draws cl- regular clothes. It's mm-hmm. like he doesn't he draws them almost too tight, yeah, and and too wrinkly. Like they're they're like over stylized, like a Jim Lee, like a crosshatch or something. But they they're uh, like there is this one scene of just Daredevil standing there with paper. It's a full length scene of him and this lady beside him, and um, his pants are like super yeah. tight, and it's just those are Todd you know, pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like Mark Bagley clothes in here too. So yeah, yeah no, I agree. Yeah, um, I do like the the way he sees people, um, and of course he's falling for the wrong girl again. Mm-hmm. Um, they're suggesting there's he's uh, Zdarsky's introducing this uh, new crime family called the Libris in like Libra, I guess Libris mm-hmm. or Libra. and uh, um, they are. Um, they have a lot of members into the in the family, and one of the wives of one of the the mobsters, is, like she's in a bookstore, and he takes an interest in her. It seems like the only reason he's interested in her is because she's not interested in him. Yeah, I thought that's so. I I, I kind of like that moment because it means that Matt Murdock is really pompous and full of himself. He's yeah. flabbergasted that this woman 
like her heartbeat is calm and she's yeah. not sweating. She's not attracted to me at all. Yeah. yeah. And it was that felt kind of weird. It it, it kind of felt not that's not the daredevil that I know. You know? That is the daredevil I know. He's so used <clears throat> to getting quote unquote tail. Like you're right. That's yeah, that's he, that character. He he walks into a place. He bumps something over by accidentally on purpose. He oh, can't find yeah. a thing. He gaslights a woman and then yeah. um, <laughs> winds up in her bed. And then she gets a she Murdered. gets a bullseye in her chest. And then bullseye puts a side through her. Yeah, that's 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 what it is to be a female in a daredevil book. So this this max matches what I feel about this character. That's true. But it's like, you know, I could just see him trying to convert the nun next, you know? <laughs> it's like, why isn't she attracted to me? Why isn't my own mother into me? <laughs> well, no, I don't think this is – this isn't Maggie, is it? No, is no. Is this Sister Maggie? So. No. This is like another – this, this is another sister. It was just the first nun I thought of is Matt Murdock's yeah. mom. Yeah. But um, – and also, as they go, they go kind of deep in the Catholicism in here a, mm-hmm. a little bit in this. And I, I was, I was on the edge of getting bored, but then I was like, kind of like, you know, you don't, you don't see this with any other really real superhero character. So I, I wasn't like as defensive as I usually am with like, uh, like forced kind of Catholic stuff or forced religion. Oh, I expect it from a daredevil. He's yeah, at this yeah. point, he's so ingrained with his Catholicism that yeah. um, if they don't bring it up, I'm sort of like. Oh, I guess he's chilling him on the religion. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting that that um, he, whenever he is down and out, he does return to the church, which is oh, really yes. kind of interesting. At that, um, and you don't, you really, honestly, don't see that in any other. Nope. I, I don't know any other comic that that has as much church stuff as as Daredevil. Was that does. created by the Frank Miller run? I think so. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I know he he did the Sister Maggie stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. Uh, if that was hinted at before, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it also about- it relies on it relies a lot on faith and like I think that in Daredevil you have to rely a lot on faith like faith in the law faith in yeah. um, you know the blind the the blind man leading uh, or being the hero and and uh, you know he's a man without fear and what he does what he makes up with that I guess he has faith um, so it'd be kind of interesting you know what I would like to see. I would like to see if Marvel and DC would ever get their um, their stuff together. Um, Matt Murdock, Green Lantern, because he has no—he's the man without fear. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, an amalgam. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, It'll never happen. They hate each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Justice League number twenty-six. Uh, Scott Snyder's book usually, but this issue is written by James Tinian the Fourth, with art by Javier Fernandez. I am so far behind on it. And um, Mark, you didn't read this. I didn't. And Noel, you did read this. Every word of it. it. I have. Been, yeah, I'm, I'm current and on. We were wondering just because Noel has uh, was the only one who read it this week uh, about whether or not we should talk about it. But then we got into the conversation of it feels like a chore to pick up a Justice League book. And read the entire thing. Um, <laughs> at least that's how Mark and I feel. So I, I thought that's at least worth discussing. Like this, I'm book, nodding. I'm nodding right now. We can hear you nodding vigorously. <laughs> we can yes. hear your jowls shaking. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't disagree. Uh, but I've gotten in the habit of holding on to like two or three issues at a time, and then reading them in a chunk mm-hmm. right before bed. It is a meal. This this book is. Um, teetering on convolution, but every time that it's about to tip over, it it 
just gets good again. Okay. So it's 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 weird. It's like uh, Scott Snyder is just kind of playing with our emotions. It's not unlike the middle of his Batman run where it started to get started to get real weird, and then all of a sudden he'd bring it back, yeah. and then it gets real weird again, and then he just brings it right yeah, back. Yeah. Like um, there's a lot of things happening. They just spent they just spent six issues in the sixth dimension. Mm-hmm. Where they found out about an alternate reality into which Doom completely won. Perpetua came back. Um, everything went to shit, except, uh, but it won't if Batman decides to rewrite all of history right. or rewrite all of reality. Just like this, it gets so big and weird. And then, of course, that you know he had a giant mecha Batman suit. Oh, he did to do such thing. Yeah, it. No, that was back in the metal metal stuff, right? No, no, it happened. It, oh, it just happened, happened in here. It yeah, here. Oh, it, yeah. Did. it was it was a suit that was created for him. His it was called the final <laughs> Batman suit, the final suit, and it was created for him by the World Forger, who is the Anti Monitor and Monitor's third brother, all sons of Perpetua, uh, and he is now a part of the team to help them in the coming storm. In order, and this this issue, it's look, it's crazy, yeah. but it's comic book crazy. And it starts to make sense in a really weird way. I go back and forth with this series. I love Jaro. Oh, it's amazing. Jaro's my favorite part of this entire run. I agree. I with want that. a Jaro t shirt. But if only you knew somebody that printed t shirts. I know if t-shirts. only I could make my own t shirts. But um yeah, I I think I need to but my problem is all right, here here's my problem. I can wait for three issues and read it all in one thing. But I don't want to because they're really dense, which means it's going to take me forever to get through three issues. Like, but I also on. don't want to sit and read one issue because I feel like I should sit and read three issues. I, have I also – yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing with this entire Scott Snyder run. Um, and it's like he – him and James Tinian might as well write with the same hand these days. Um, I do see that James Tinian seems to be the guy that comes in and fills in the blanks that Scott Snyder – um, leaves, yeah. Um, yeah. which I guess that's good that there's a pairing like that at the same time, which I guess you could say that's what Johns and Tomasi were, but Johns and Tomasi were much better storytellers, I think, than Snyder and Tinian, um, just in my opinion. Um, but I think that uh, it's too dense. It's too much. Yeah. It's too too cosmic. I mean, you, one of the things I think that that made the Infinity Gauntlet so relatable was that it was based on a simple scavenger hunt premise. They had a clearly divine, defined bad guy um, who had a very simple, um, what do you call it, a very simple goal. And then you had the superheroes against that. Yeah. Here it's like you have multiple universes and you have world forgers and you have the the metal universe and you've got... Uh, hawk gods and and alternate versions of characters and, yeah. and it's just it, it and the other problem is it feels like every issue they're they're not recapping what is going on they're just writing gigantic Wait. word balloons explaining the entire you, cosmic situation you make, a, you make a very good point and i will say to you guys if you want to completely skip everything that's been happening just read issue 25 because there's a whole second story in issue 25 that recaps everything oh leading God. through the, the year of the villain. So the whole the whole way that this has been going down is like they kind of took a break from 
Like, there's the main plot, and that was happening all the way up until, like, issue 19, issue 20. And then they went to the sixth dimension to find out more information, and that was its own little separate story. While they were gone, all of this year of the vision, the villain shit started. Oh. And at the at the uh, the back half of issue twenty five, when they come back, it's completely explained to them the new status quo, and it's essentially a recap of the last like five or six issues of yeah. Justice League. So if you want to go back and go to one, yeah, and then we could talk about this at twenty seven. Let's do it because I, I hate being the I'll only one in the room that's, that's into this. It's it is I'll do it for huge you, Noel. and weird not and because crazy. I like what I'm reading. I did not <laughs> I did not like metal. At the end of the day, I didn't like metal because it was just all these great ideas, but they were chucked at the wall with no like string between them. This is a little bit more reined in, and it's it's playing with like these big weird characters, and I thought I think it's fun. I kind of I actually am still of the mind that I mostly liked metal. You think so? Yeah. Have you reread it since? No, of course not. (laughs) The other thing I don't like, there are little things, but uh, the the Hawkman-John Jones relationship is – Hawkwoman-John Jones relationship, I just – no. I I just want to see a Hawkman-Hawkwoman thing together, and I know that that is always the signal of the end of the universe when when they get together, Um, but um, it just – I don't know. I don't. I always see her as a two timer if she's with someone <laughs> oh else. God. Above above everything else, my favorite part of this uh, so far. Well, my second favorite thing because my first favorite thing is Jaro in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. Um, is the characterization of this third brother? So like you have, we've always had the monitor and anti monitor. Now we have the world forger, their third brother, who is now in league with the Justice League. Like he's a part of them trying to help, mm-hmm. and. That's the, gonna go well. The last, well, <laughs> the last bit of this is that he's essentially saying like we can't, we're never gonna beat her unless we have my brothers. So this is, you know, ramping up to be a crisis size event with all of the monitors together on the same side, which I thought that was doesn't cool. seem to be. But that doesn't seem to be affecting the rest of the universe, though. Oh come on! We I thought we we're off that. I think I, I figured we were just giving up on that in general. Like the way the DC universe know. has been working, it's Although, just everything in its own bubble. The villain is coming. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, maybe maybe they will um, bring it all together a little bit better in the year of the villain, or now well, that uh, now that um, everything is kind of like changed on their line. I'm breezing through this issue, and uh, I, I see all of these different characters, and it, that's the other thing that bothers me. It's like anymore, all, they don't. They're, it's never a team book with a set team. It's like Justice League is the dc universe it just it's it, it just, just like everyone's an avenger you know it, it's one it, of those things dude it totally just hit me this is this is the most like hickman's avengers that i've ever read justice league to be huh. because it is an incredibly expansive team they pull in obscure characters for specific reasons it's yeah. it's all following the same thread but it's like 26 chapters into the same thread mm-hmm. it's very i've been thinking it's morrison-ish this whole time, but actually, it's very, but it's very Hickman yeah. in the way that he yeah. did Avengers World, like a very yeah, right. long, complicated story that Hick had Morrison. specific Hick Morrison. It's very Hick Morrison. Yeah. It's just a heap another turd under the pile. I am just gonna say, <laughs> I did not. I mean, for Justice League, you need top of the line art. Um, this is not. This guy's not suited for. I, I'm not saying he's not a good artist. I'm saying that this is kind of indie kind of artwork. And I think you need a mainstream artist on a Justice League book. There's some rough pages. I'm not going to lie. Like uh, the the interactions between Mara and Hawk, 
women are a little Yeah, I'm rough. on that page right now. Yeah. But some of the stuff before that is is actually pretty beautiful. Like I really dig the Hall of the Hall of Heroes where they the splash page. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it, and it's decent. it's it's a very like rough kind of interpretation of all these different heroes, but it just works because they're all in the distance or the foreground. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, some good the, stuff. The previous rubber ducks Jorge back Jimenez? there. Mm-hmm. Yankee Poodle, Yankee Poodles in the foreground. Was it Jorge Jimenez was doing the art before this? Yeah, yeah. Him I like a lot. Yeah. So this is I think this, is this just the fill-in artist? This guy. This is yeah. This is the first thing that he's done for the okay, for cool. the book. Before this, and it was like Jorge. Jimenez. It's the way that they've been handing off. Um, writing duties is Scott Snyder does an arc and then all of a sudden Tinian comes in and does either a backup story or kind of an in-between set the stage issue. Lex is right. You know, you know who makes this, an appearance here in this issue? Captain Carrot. That racist rabbit. <laughs> racist depiction of rabbits. <laughs> God damn it. You wouldn't see any other kind of character that you just put what they eat on their <laughs> thing just because of what they are. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give. I, I've already had this, this argument before? with people. And I'm not gonna so give old. examples because I've. Uh, I'm the one that's accused of being racist when I give examples. But you know, you don't have like <laughs> for the, taco guy. For the, I mean, for <laughs> the, okay, <laughs> fuck. Not you even. Know. Not even. Yeah. Um, for so you're you're fighting on the rights of on behalf of the rights of all sentient rabbits. rabbits. Yeah. I'm fighting with the rights of everyone. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's like just it. because you are not what you eat. It's like, you know, you don't see, like, Flash's favorite food plastered all over his body. But because because Captain Carrot is a rabbit, they've got a, uh, you know, well, what, I, what do you call I that? Thought, I thought he was Captain Carrot because Stereo, it, he had to eat magic carrots. Powers, right? Yeah, he like, the carrots itself gave him powers. It's like a, a it's like our man. It's, it's not unlike our man where he's just got, like, a, a limited supply of power. He doesn't eat ours. <laughs> I hate you. All right. It's like we it ate this hour from our listeners. <laughs> hour and 22 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Are gonna, we going to cover Teen Titans? It was good. Read it. It was great. Read it. I love Adam. Oh, Glass. it was better love, than good. That's the best Lobo I've ever seen. Yeah. Lobo was bad. really good. Okay, all right. So Teen Titans number 31. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, by Glass, Adam Glass uh, and Bernard Chang. Um, this is great. This is my favorite run on Teen Titans since Jeff Johns. I think this is fantastic. Uh, this book is firing on all cylinders. I love the, the all of the team. Um, all the characters are very interesting, except for uh, what's his name? Not Gold Balls. Roundhouse. Roundhouse. He's the only one I'm kind of like. Ball. I'm yeah. bored oh, yeah, by. Uh, but the rest of it's great, and I love Crush. I think Crush is fantastic. The daughter of Lobo, and that is actually, um, um, what's the word? Addressed. It's addressed here. She is literally because we weren't one hundred percent sure. It could have been something else, but she is actually Lobo's kid, and of course, Lobo, who murders everybody, shows up to kill her. He it's, prides himself as being the last Sarnian, yeah. and now he can't say that because his daughter is alive. One, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you know, this is, this is great. as you do. Have you, you guys been her. keeping up with uh, Teen Titans? Uh, I, I read the. Uh, what was it? The Terminus, Terminus agenda? agenda, which which too, was the last a, like ten issues of this. Yeah. yeah, a couple issues before this, they did do a roundhouse issue, and um, it would make you kind of feel a little bit more for that character. He's uh, he's got kind of an interesting backstory that oh, cool. um, I'll let you guys discover. But um, anyway, I, I think that now this is how you do a team book 
You know, this is what I would like to see in in, uh, in Justice League. Just have a team book with interactions with each other. Um, they just had this adventure with with uh, Deathstroke, and so their trust is um, their trust is tested here. Um, yet this menace comes in, and even though that their trust is is kind of strained right now, this menace comes in, and they still all go to each other's aid. They show that they really do care about each other, and they they uh, they will still fight as a team, even though they're not yeah. well, technically I, ta- call, technically accepting themselves as a team right now. I don't disagree with you, but I kind of want team flavors. So like, this is perfect for Teen Titans, Young Justice. Um, West Coast Avengers, Young Justice, or um, uh, Young Avengers, but when it comes to Avengers and Justice League, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more regal. Yeah, I mean, I just want more personality in the Justice League, That's I fair. guess, which yeah. I don't find that that often in there. Uh, it just yeah. everyone takes themselves too seriously in that. Avengers book, is in, the better book. Yeah, and two. this book, the, I mean, this book is just, I mean, Adam Glass and uh, the artist here was just doing such Bernard a great Chang. job. Yeah. Bernard Chang. Yeah. So good. So good. I love it that when uh, Kid Flash comes in and starts punching uh, Lobo uh, all the time and then Lobo just like takes him down with one punch. Yeah. He goes, he goes, oh, come on. That's a love tap. He goes, the speed, you speedsters are all the same. Soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty cool. But yeah. um, This is so much fun. I'm so glad yeah. that this book exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This and Young Justice. Uh, okay. yeah, they really they really put together a great team here and in just young justice as well but um this team it just it's a it's a smaller team so i feel like i i know them more and yeah. i guess it's they've been around a little longer too but um i just feel like they i i'm more this is more of a classic lineup yeah. um I, it just feels great i feel like we'll get more young justice when they're on their issue 31 yeah i mean yeah. Like, they're on issue six mm-hmm. so yeah yeah all right. Yeah, definitely. If you guys aren't reading Teen Titans, uh, do you guys have a favorite of the week? Uh, let me see here. I think <laughs> mine might be Teen Titans 31. I had the most fun reading Superman Year One. <laughs> <laughs> just on a just on a just like wow, this is God. I mean, I was most invested, I think, in that book. But mm-hmm. Teen Titans is is a great book. Yeah. I, I, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of, of the stuff that we talked about, I'm probably going to agree with you. Like it was, Teen Titans was the most fun, um, but for the most I was like moved positively or negatively was Superman Year One with a little bit of Nightcrawler because it pissed me off so much. Yeah, yeah, you were angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just curious. I think that's something that we can like incorporate. Yeah, absolutely. forward of like. Here's, here's what we like appreciated the most. Um, all right. Thank you so much for joining us. You can uh, help the show out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You could go to cultpopgo.com and click on the bright red banner and leave us a voicemail. You can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. And you can also help out the show by going to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. Uh, to if you want to throw some bones, uh, some bones, where can we find Mark underscore L underscore Miller? You can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore L underscore Miller. So I'm also have a Patreon. I have a Patreon called ML Miller. Yeah. Uh, I also, I'm also writing at ML Miller Writes. I post reviews there, and sometimes I post reviews at ComicCon.com, uh, which is C O M I C O N. It's not Comic Con. It's Comic Con, um, and it's uh, I do uh, uh, more reviews over there. And one last thing, um, 
it is going to be available very soon, I believe, within the next week or two. Uh, the Heavy Metal Megadeth um, Omnibus yeah. that um, I participated in with Carlos Granda, and, and it was it's a it's a cool eight page story, and uh, it's got a whole bunch of other really cool artists in it. Tim Seeley. Um, did a story in there and they've got like i think fraser irving there's there's a lot of really recognizable names in the in the story ben temple smith is in it um there's just a ton of people in it they're, they're really really cool guys and uh uh that's coming out uh very soon like within this month so very cool nice 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 um oh where can we find you I'm, i mean i'm on twitter at mr bartocci b-a-r-t-o-c-c-i um that's about it you know i'll be here i'll be here next week all right, cool. Hey. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Bye. Me. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is great.